Here we go. Hi, welcome back to, I'm sticking with the episodes thing. This is now episode four of Night's Nuggets because we had, we had an interlude where a friend of mine gave Yeah, you cheated on me. I did. I cheated yeah. on you. I apologise. Um, but it was quite a fun episode. It was lots yeah, of Yeah, it only hurt a lot, so it's fine. I won't worry about it. <laughs> uh, no, I watched You're it. Back. I watched it, it earlier today, in fact. I've missed you. Yeah. If that, if that makes a bit of difference. Yeah. Awesome. It's cool. So let's just delve straight into things. So I went last time first, so it's only fair to sort of your honour. You can go first this time. So again, we had a couple of questions each. What's your first one? So the first question I had was, when is the best time for me to have a cheat meal from someone? If you'd, uh, if you'd listened to episode three, you'd have heard the goat of anger. That would be about now where it comes out. What really gets my goat is a cheat meal. So when is the best time to have a cheat meal? I'd probably answer that question with a question. When is the best time for you to cheat on your partner? <laughs> or when is the best time for you to cheat in your sport? And if there isn't an answer to that one, which there probably shouldn't be, there isn't a best time to cheat on your diet because cheating doesn't have positive connotations. You shouldn't be cheating on something anyway. As soon as you say you are cheating on something, that implies that whatever you are doing is bad and eating food, regardless of what it is, isn't bad. So for me, the question isn't whether when you should have cheat meals, it's you should not be branding your food as cheating. Yeah. Do you want to elaborate on your thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, kind of mirror yours. I don't think cheat meal just implies that you're demonizing food. And that's just not a thing you should do. I think there's, and again, that we could, we could counter this off with the classic, it depends. Um, I think there is, just from working with people in the past, and some people are very different, and it depends on the person's mentality. By and large, I think implying that you're cheating on your diet just says that you're doing a dickish move, which yeah. is a thing. Um, if you're one of those people that's kind of all or nothing, as in you can either have all of the cake or you have none of the cake, then you know it's kind of a, it's a moderation thing. And mm-hmm. there's a case of kind of being a little bit sensible about it, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but um, there's, there's an element, if you start, so one of the, I had this conversation with somebody quite recently, and if you are training for a thing, let's say if you're conscious about your diet, that thing's probably going to be kind of a fat loss or a weight loss type of thing. Massive aspersions cast, but let's, let's go along that vein. If you're in the gym four or five times a week and you're slogging out, you're burning your calories, you're looking into everything around that, you're probably going to take a little bit more love and attention to your diet. Um, so therefore, you're probably not going to be the guy that has all the cake Mm. Whereas you'll probably go, do you know what? I've gone through the week of training. I've trained really hard and everything else. And I feel like a thing. And that thing might be a cake. It might be a biscuit. It might be a hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. It might be some marshmallows on your hot chocolate. It could be any number of things. That shouldn't be conceived as a cheat. That should be, fuck it, have it. You like it, eat it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think there are a few things to unpack with that. I saw something the other day where someone was like, um, have this thing and eat a certain way but don't be an arsehole. And for me, that's bad as well, because if you are describing a way of eating as being an arsehole, if you're literally saying, oh, if someone, even if someone overeats and goes past what they want to, past what they maybe should for their goal, um, beyond what people should be eating in one meal, for example, if you describe that as being an arsehole, 
you're an arsehole. You're an arsehole, correct. Like, there are a lot of different ways that people can be an arsehole. Eating food, no matter what that food is, how nutrient-dense or calorie-dense it is, doesn't make you an arsehole. But it yeah. makes the person describing you as one. Um, a couple of things you mentioned there. So like you said, if you have an all-or-nothing mindset, Cheat meals are the worst thing for that because they're sort of facilitating that. What you need to deal with isn't when you should have a cheat meal. It's dealing with that all or nothing mindset. And that's something that you can correct. And there are various different ways, reasons that people have that and ways you can correct it. Um, but that's the issue that you need to resolve rather than the timing of a cheat meal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Is yeah, I think cheat meal is just a bullshit term that needs to get out of the industry. Just needs to get in the bin because it's just nonsense. Yeah. Um, I think we tapped on this in a previous chat where, you know, the, the kind of term cheat meal was made by, like when The Rock put the massive stack of pancakes mm. out and you know th that kind of thing. But we, we think we hit that on the first one of these, I think. But yeah, probably. It's just as it's a term, just, it just needs to get in the bin. It it's has not, no cheating has no positive connotation to en in any other walk of life. And therefore, it doesn't have any in dieting either or in terms of nutrition. So, yeah, it needs to get in the bin. Yeah, 100%. Just don't, don't be a dick to yourself is basically yeah. the kind of thing. If you want the food, eat the food. Yeah, include all foods as part yeah. of what you are planning to do. Yeah. And like you said, if you've got like a weight-cutting goal, how much of those foods you can include will change. And that's nutrition. That's performance nutrition. That's life. But it doesn't mean a complete exclusion of those foods for life and then branding them as a cheat because that's a one-way ticket to disordered eating and long-term getting worse results yeah so like i always i think like there are a couple of my mates that work in this industry that joke that i'm a little bit i really like the soft skills behavior change like mindset stuff element of this mm. um and i don't just do it to be really fluffy and nice and that oh this is bad for you you should think you should be more compassionate and nicer to yourself i say this because the overwhelming body of evidence is huge that people don't realize but all the literature supports this as being best for short-term and long-term outcomes in terms of diet um training life in general like we always talk about how things should be a lifestyle change and long-term change this is the way to do it and this is why i bang on about it for so so long because we have good evidence that shows that this is going to lead to a better outcome and a happier you which is what we want 100 percent. there's um there's a big thing i don't know how much you've sort of gone around but there's the bio bio psychosocial model um which fits kind of everything <laughs> everyone fits into those brackets in some form or another you could make a kind of pie chart of it um and sort of how much people fit into things but there's a huge amount of that and i think with sort of dieting and nutrition and sort of performance nutrition or just general food um a lot of it comes down to kind of social aspects there's um there's i won't know names because that's not fair but there's a friend of mine has been doing slimming world and they've lost a bucket load of weight they look amazing um done really, really well for themselves and all credit to them. They put the work in, they did their thing. And that's a model that worked for them. But it's then challenged them going out for dinner with their partner or going to their mates' houses and such. Um, if someone makes food, they'll bring their own Tupperware of food or they'll just be really cautious about what they're eating. So they've just in their head put this massive thing um, that all food is bad unless it's Slimming World approved. And like, all we, although you've done the work to get there, there has to be an out. And that just comes down to being nice to yourself. And I, I think that's another chat entirely we were about to delve into a whole other topic there but yeah I, I guess we spoke about health last week didn't we yeah and health isn't just your body fatness or body fat percentage 
like there are the mental social elements of health as well which people just forget and just completely ignore yeah and think i think a lot of people's barriers to working with someone to help them with their nutrition is all oh, they're going to stop me from eating a certain thing i'm going to stop you from stopping yourself to eat a certain thing and tell you to carry on eating that thing i'm not the person to take food and slap it out of your hand um yeah. so yeah you you need to think about the person on a wider level not just the physiology in front of you yeah and it's that whole the social thing is huge and you know we all like to go out for dinner with our mates and have a few beers and that sort of thing so yeah go do that live if you're, i mean not at the moment because everything's shut but in a few weeks time when and if things open up again you know people are going to want to see their mates and then we have christmas so mm. you know that's a massive time for kind of indulgence and eating and celebrating and you know having a little bit of a lavish time and that sort of thing so do you know what go do you'll be all right mm-hmm. you'll be fine nice I think that's a that's a pretty solid start. Yeah. Right, we'll do the first question. Um, I had a question from Scott. Now this is an interesting one because I didn't know how to answer it. So I'm putting a lot of pressure on you here, mate. <laughs> so, <laughs> Scott's asked, how should we adjust our nutrients or our nutrition if we get a cold or similar, if at all? Now, I replied basically along the lines of kind of calorie needs. So if you assume a seven-day week and you've got five days of training in that seven-day week you're probably going to want to eat more on your training days to fuel those sessions and aid recovery and that kind of thing. If you get a cold or similar, you're probably not going to be training as much if at all. So in terms of an adjustment, you would probably want to reduce calories a little bit. Um, but then you kind of get into that old adage of what is it? Feed a cold, starve a fever or the other way around, whichever one it goes. Um, fact of the matter is, I don't know the answer to this one. So would you adjust your nutrition if you got sick or would you not bother? I wouldn't adjust energy intake personally. Um, I think, I mean, we have, particularly if someone has a temperature, there's some quite old research showing that for every degree that your temperature goes up, your basal metabolic rate goes up by about 13%. I think it is just off the top of my head. Um, and it's just like, it's the same with injury and people, as soon as they get injured, will think well i can't train best go to 300 calories a day then and you just think well <laughs> no nope. like it's obviously i understand people's body comp concerns but your primary concern is returning to normal so like not being injured not being ill personally i'd rather spend a couple of weeks particularly with illness because it doesn't last long reduce doing everything i can to reduce how long i'm ill for so for me like maintenance calories are maybe even like slightly higher. It's just a good, a safe way of just getting rid of your cold as soon as possible. Like being the calorie deficit is a stressor. Stressors probably reduce our ability to like fight illness, like heal injuries, etc. Don't add another unnecessary stressor onto something when you've already got loads and you're basically trying to heal something. So yeah, in terms of energy, I probably wouldn't change a great deal. Um, again, it would depend on training. Cause a lot of people will train with a cold. Like if you've not got symptoms like below your neck or whatever people say, a lot of people will train with a cold. Um, so it might be that your energy intake isn't affected at all anyway. Uh, and then in terms of a lot of people say, like, now I've got a cold, what should I do? Um, there are a couple of supplements with a little bit of um, research showing they might work. So zinc lozenges. Um, have been shown to reduce the duration of a cold for like three days by three days even so that's quite a nice like evidence-based like you just let them dissolve in your tongue don't taste particularly pleasant um <laughs> but like it's available uh in supermarkets and stuff or online um 
and there's some fairly decent research showing that they'll reduce how long you're ill for so for me that's a bit of a no-brainer to have in the house just in case you most people get a cold once or twice a year so yeah um other things that might be worthwhile like a vitamin c um like it's probably decent research showing that vitamin c um so there are certain like immune cells that have quite high concentrations of vitamin C, but when we're ill, those concentrations are reduced. So we're trying to restore those concentrations back to what they normally would be. Um, you can normally get, so we're looking at about 200 milligrams. So like somewhere between 200 milligrams and 0.75 grams, so 750 milligrams of vitamin C. You can get about 200 um, milligrams through your diet if you wanted to, just by being really um, cautious and, thoughtful about what you're going to eat and mindful of it um, or you can supplement with it so a vitamin c supplement's not the worst idea in the world vitamin d as always is just very good for general health um, immune function so they're the main things i think about hydration as well really important in terms of um, helping to prevent and also with recovery from illnesses as well but they're the main things i'd focus on so keep energy about the same for the few days that you're ill for um zinc lozenges vitamin c vitamin d and stay hydrated cool <laughs> cool right, <enough. laughs> i couldn't answer the question so i've got nothing yeah. to come back with that but no that, that i mean it makes sense it makes perfect sense and you know the, the kind of yeah the adjustment of kind of calories in calories out i don't know many people that that's at the top of their mind when they've got a cold if i've got a cold i'm too busy trying not to die because it's definitely man flu yeah, it's definitely trying to kill me. So if I get out the other side of a cold, I feel like somebody's giving me a big pat on the back. Yeah, yeah. Um, man flu is quite serious. It's um, very serious. It's very yeah. serious. Yeah, I'm and only to the little bug that's floating around at the moment. Yeah, there is something going around. So that was my next thing: is that what I've just said? In no way am I saying that if you get that other illness, yeah. um, will it help um, prevent, solve, cure? Yeah help with anything like that well like now will be a really good time to caveat neither of us are doctors no so <laughs> don't take this as medical advice <laughs> this is purely based on you know adjusting nutrition if at all if you get sick if you get sick speak to your doctor don't listen yeah. to you. absolutely yeah probably like, a good point some of the things we've just said as general recommendations wouldn't hurt you anyway so they're absolutely yeah. fine a probiotic is potentially the other one that i'd consider um okay. So there's a little bit of research in terms of that helping with um, immune function and sort of yeah illness, not treatment, but reduction of symptoms and things like that. So okay. um, it's quite a nuanced topic. So if anyone wants more information, then feel free to drop me a message and we can chat a little bit about them as a person rather than just yeah. wide scale, huge recommendations on it. Plug. Yeah, plug. Feel free to drop me a message. Correct. Yeah. Email. Uh, yeah charliebeeston at outlook.com because my my other ones doesn't work anymore so let's talk about that one then yeah we won't talk awesome. about awesome there you go nice what was that Perfect. that was like 15 minutes in strong i like yeah, it good um that said if you have questions on that don't come to me <laughs> that one so <laughs> cool so hopefully spot that's answered your question a little bit better than i could in fact that's completely countered what i said because i said maybe you would adjust your calories but don't do that it sounds like a stupid you thing. only said maybe and you said maybe you would so maybe he would it doesn't yeah, mean maybe. you're saying that he should yeah. that's very different 
Yeah, but I'm going to get attacked now. You told me <laughs> <laughs> eat 100 calories a day. Don't do that ever. Don't do that. Awesome. Cool, man. So you had another one. What was your next question? Oh, I did. Um, I someone well. said if I were to change or do two things during lockdown with, um, to help with my nutrition, what would you recommend? Um, and two was quite an interesting number. Normally people would say, what's the one thing? But one wasn't enough for this person, so we need two. I'm a fan. I like it. Yeah, I like, I like it. it. Yeah. Um, so the number one would be uh, consume a plant-based diet. Um, so when people say, oh, do you think I should go plant-based? I always say yes. And then people are like, oh, I can't believe you're plugging in veganism or vegetarian. I'm like, I'm not. I said you should be plant-based. Yeah. Plant-based means the majority of your diet should come from plants. Yeah. veganism means no animal products and that's quite a big difference um i don't work with many people that wouldn't improve in some capacity their health or performance if they what am i trying to say they do better if they eat more plants basically yeah. um so yeah like seven portions of fruit and veg plus um loads of different like plant-based protein sources alongside animal sources so like beans lentils nuts etc um just better for your gut, uh, help you reduce the risk of uh, deficiencies in various things. Um, and it adds a bit of variety to food as well, which is very nice. So that'd be number one, eat more plants. Um, and then number two would be sort of based on the answer to the first one is give yourself permission to eat what you want. Um, and normally counterintuitively, if you give yourself permission to eat anything, you'll then find it easier to dial down what you actually do want to eat and you'll eat fairly like normally for you and probably with your health in mind. If you start saying something's off limit because I'm not training, it's lockdown, you'll end up really wanting that thing and eating loads of it. So like we said earlier, so no restriction, give yourself permission to eat anything you like. And that sort of sets the foundation for you to set better habits, um, better nutrition goals, process goals, things that you're going to do every single day that'll make you better, which probably include eating more plants um so that's the they're the two things that i'd say would be important eat more plants give yourself permission to eat some food so on the on the plant-based one there's a really good book i don't know if you've read called how not to die mm. it's quite extreme but the guy that wrote it dr something Greger, michael Greger, i think his name was something like that an american guy um it was a friend of mine put me onto this i'm a big fan of meat mm. big fan um, and he went plant-based and, you know, it was a, the, the usual kind of banter that went between him and our mates and everybody else was saying, you know, whatever. Um, but he went there purely for health reasons. So I won't go into all of that because that's a whole other conversation. But he recommended this book to me and I got it on Audible as a reader, as an audio book. Mm. Um, and it's cool because it's not preachy. Um, and the guy's backed up everything he said with research. So he's got a website, which is nutritionfacts.org which is well worth a look at because you'll go on there and basically in this book, how not to die. Every chapter is how not to die from X colon cancer, heart attacks and giant, whatever it might be. Um, and it's one of those, but it's the most infuriating thing I've ever read because it's all correct. And basically it says all of these illnesses, then back to eating meat, but it's not preachy. So it's saying like, if you want to eat meat, you crack on, but here's what you can expect. I'm not telling you not to eat it. And it's really kind of just quite matter of fact. And like, here's all the facts. And then it says at the end of each chapter, here's all my research. And then you look at it all and it's really good research. And I hate the man for it. I tried so hard to make him wrong and I couldn't. <laughs> See, I'll give it a go at making it wrong here. 
because I've read little bits of this research. Um, mostly when people started watching What the Health yeah. and told me that veganism was better for them. Um, so all of the research compares like meat eaters versus like vegans, for example, and like the comparison between the two. Um, and whether you think that one's better than the other is sort of up for debate. What isn't that well researched is if you continue eating animal products and like meat and things like that, and then increase the amount of plants, do you get the same results as going like vegan? And I personally believe you do. Um, because most people that are like have a very high animal product intake, very low plant-based intake, don't have all those micronutrients, they don't have enough fiber, things like that. If you just add, and that's why I always say, like you can keep me in, if you add more plants, yeah. will you get the same effect? And I personally believe you would, plus with all the benefits of eating meat in terms of micronutrients, protein, etc. Yeah. Um, particularly for lifters. So that's my stance on it. And if you want to do veganism for ethical reasons, absolutely fine. Like I've never stopped anyone for that. Um, but I do think, um, get you a diet that can do both as I believe they say. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so I think, I think, yeah, you can do both. I've just realized my lights. There you go. Oh, look at that. That was angelic, wasn't it? That um, was amazing. Oh, this is going to uh, suck. People on the podcast, you didn't see what just happened. Charlie just no, my light just came back on for some reason. Um, and it was, as if, it was as if I was putting God's advice across to the people. Correct. I lit up from on high. Um, and became an angel um, but yeah that's my stance is that you can do both but you should increase everyone should increase their plant intake yeah yeah 100% but like I said I mean the book itself was quite interesting reading he's written mm -hmm. a few other ones as well and there's like a, a cookbook he made and stuff as well um, so the, the biggest one around that I get is that people just aren't sure what that looks like you know so I have sort of steamed broccoli bit of rice that like people are really unsure of what to make but there's actually some really sort of high nutrient, really quite delicious foods that you can make with plants. Mm. Um, so that my advice would be like invest in a vegan cookbook or a vegetarian cookbook and just go to town and you can, you know, you can make them as whole meals themselves or as sides or whatever to a company. So, but yeah, no, I, I completely mirror what you're saying. There's no, there's certainly no harm in eating more veg. I don't know anyone that's had issues because they ate too much veg. No, not unless you're like a very niche medical thing like ibs people who have high fiber can have issues with okay smashing those more fiber down them but um yeah on the whole you are right general pop normal i say normal people as if ibs people aren't normal um, <laughs> how dare you yeah without you weirdos with ibs everyone else will be <laughs> fine by increasing their um veg intake it's fine we can laugh because i know one of my best mates has got ibs so it's okay we can laugh at this mm. yeah i'm commenting on it professionally so it's fine correct i'm not being personal it's not sure. an attack on them um. <laughs> awesome <laughs> yeah moving swiftly on but no yeah. so I think yeah the eating more veg is a really solid one and then your second point that was the first point of the Huntable Gesture your second point was give yourself permission to eat give yourself permission to eat. that's it yeah just be nice don't be a dick to yourself we're going back to that again aren't we yeah like lockdown's pretty stressful so don't add more stress and I think the same thing from like I mean <laughs> you didn't ask this question but I'm going to give you the answer anyway because because I can. Um, from a training point of view, you know, people are really antsy because the gyms are shut and they can't go and lift weights. You can't squat, you can't bench, you can't snatch, you can't clean, you can't do stuff. Um, make the best of what you've got. It's kind of a, if you need to keep yourself moving, I think we touched on this as well before, is just kind of keep, try and keep skill high. Mm. So if you're an Olympic lifter, you know, there's an awful lot of skill in weightlifting for us. Like just to, to make, to, to complete a snatch, it's yep. a horrendous movement. 
So you should be trying everything you can to keep that movement quite nice. So like overhead squats and just kind of move around into those points so that when you get back under a bar, you're not starting from one, you know, you to keep the skill high, you haven't got weights to use, but you could, you, you could find things to load with and you, know, you can get creative, but yeah, for the most part, don't be a dick. Keep the stress levels low, keep your skill levels high, give yourself permission to have a day off and chill and work yeah. on some more bits of um, On that point, I pointed out to someone the other day because they said, lockdown's really getting to me about training because I can't get any better. And I was like, well, actually, you can't get any stronger because you can't lift the yeah. same load you were. You can certainly get better as a lifter. Like you say, you can do the skill stuff, you can do your mobility that everyone ignores but really needs to do, <laughs> uh, myself included. No. Um, no. <laughs> um, so yeah, you can certainly get better. You can focus on learning how to cook more recipes, um, get a handle on your food for a few weeks, that sort of thing. You can 100% get better as a lifter. You probably can't get stronger. Yeah. Fair, like, but there are times for that and times when you should probably focus on the other things as well. Yeah. And that was as good a time as any because unless you're fortunate enough, you've managed to get some kit and you've got yourself a sort of half decent home gym or, you know, a set yeah, up and, and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Heavy bottles of water. Bottles yeah. of water, man. How many people are training with bottles of water or like tomato tins? Stop. Yeah. It. Stop it. <laughs> Just uh, home gym heroes. But yeah, so unless you were fortunate enough to get some stuff, then don't be a dick. You'll be all right. Bit of self love. Anyway, let's move on. So, last question I got was from James, and this is just before we hit record. We were about to go into a big old discussion about this because this could be a whole episode in itself. Um, but James has asked, "What does creatine do, and how does it help training?" So, creatine is a huge topic, yeah. and to my mind, one of the most researched supplements. Um, there's a bunch of different types of creatine. I think that's sort of the safe bet is creatine monohydrate. You just mix it in with a bit of juice or water, put it in your after workout shake or however you want to yep. take it. Um, but yeah, creatine helps. It just kind of helps fuel the kind of energy systems, one of a better way of putting it, to execute fast twitch movements. It will help grow muscle mass, that kind of thing. So certainly from a lifting perspective, I recommend all lifters should take creatine. And that's a big, that's a big statement to make. Um, but it's just going to help in terms of getting stronger, increasing those kind of fast twitch movements um, for kind of one-off mass exertion lifts like lifters. Um, yeah. I don't necessarily think anything over kind of like 400 meter sprint time is going to help very much. I wouldn't necessarily give it to marathon runners, but you, you know, definitely anyone that's sort of working for max effort for sort of 10, 10 seconds or less, 15 seconds or less. Yeah. hundred percent. Take it. Yeah. I agree. No, it's the yes. the most. It. it probably is the most research supplement that we have, showing over and over again that it has um, a performance benefit, but also more recently a health benefit as well. Yes. So on the performance side, like like you say, um, if you can do more work, you'll get stronger because more work done over time will probably increase strength. Um, it increases hypertrophy for the same sort of reason, and that if you are doing more total load through the muscle, there's more of a stimulus. Therefore, your muscles will grow more. Um, there's also another potential cool mechanism with the muscle growth stuff in that most people know that it sort of draws water into the cell and that's part of how creatine works um, and then so when you train obviously the cells swell up when you get a pump and that potentially has a signal for your muscles to grow like that's potentially part of the signaling pathway um, creatine potentially with that water coming into the cell sort of helps with that um, sort of signal to the muscle to grow so that's possibly another 
um, way that it helps with muscle growth as well, rather than it's not just about the work that you're doing in the gym. There's probably something to do with the water, the cell swelling and the signal there as well, which is a nerd I find quite interesting. Um, Same. But yeah, more recently, there's like a lot of stuff on like cognitive function, um, like neuroprotective stuff. There's some really nice research on concussion. I mean, if you're a lifter that's got concussion, you've done something pretty wrong. Um, but like in like contact sports, like I work a lot in rugby um, and there's some really good research showing that it could help with concussion symptoms um length of time that you're out for with a concussion things like that um but yeah just general cognitive function particularly when your brain is under stress or has had stresses so sleep deprivation is one where certain cognitive tasks seem to be done better um with creating supplementation when two different groups are sleep deprived so those that had creatine do better than when you don't um and then a couple of other ones which but yeah four people if you are not an elite marathon runner, you should probably be taking creatine. Old people as well. So it helps with muscle growth, like you say, muscle retention. Um, in old people, that's a real issue. Um, if we have less muscle, muscle is the primary site for glucose storage. If we've got glucose that can't be stored, it's floating around the blood. Diabetes, things like that become an issue. And also, one of the primary causes of injury, illness, death in old people is falling. If you've got less muscle and less strength, more likely to fall. If you go to hospital, you're probably less likely to come back out. So old people as well, creatine's probably an evidence-based recommendation as well. So for most people, it's one that I recommend every single day, regardless of what their goal is or what they're doing. Sound. Yeah. I mean, I went, I went purely down the performance route, but I haven't, yeah, the yeah. health, kind of health reasons is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Massive. I mean, I've, I've not kind of, say I've not read the, read the research around the sort of health points, but yeah, no, that's, you know, that's all pretty valid as well. You know, I've never, never really thought of prescribing creatine to grandma, you know, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, only thing, the only sort of caveat I put on creatine is just keep, I mean, you should keep hydrated anyway, but you know, there's people tend to have, there's a lot of people have a tendency. I'm saying a lot of people like this is evidence. It ain't from a lot of people that I've spoken to, which is anecdotal at best. Um, you get cramps from sort of taking it. So maybe stay hydrated, keep an eye on what you're eating and that sort of stuff. But yeah, the research and that's a funny one. It's a bit mixed. It's, it's muddled. It yeah, there's some showing that it actually has a benefit, beneficial effect in yeah. hydration and reducing cramps. So, um, but yeah, with every benefit of taking creatine, there's a myth alongside it. So, like creatine functions a really popular one. Um, if you've got healthy kidneys, um, then creatine won't seem to have any negative effect on them. If you haven't, don't listen to my advice because I'm not a dietitian or a doctor, so. Yeah. I'm not qualified to give you that advice. But yeah, for every person with healthy kidneys, there's no evidence. Um, dehydration, it doesn't seem to cause dehydration or make it worse. Some people report headaches with it. Um, so like you say, an anecdotal thing. Uh, yeah. For those people, maybe just don't take it or spread the dose out differently. Um, I'm trying to think of other like quick fire Q&As around creatine. So I get asked like a million of The biggest questions. one I get is about the loading phase of creatine. Yeah. Now, I personally call bullshit I think just kind of take it. So if it's saying take three doses of creatine for the first week a day and then one dose of five grams a day, I would just say start on five grams and just keep going because then it's in your system. But what's your, what's your take on a loading phase on it? I tend to use a loading phase with people, but purely there's no, it just get, it gets you to the end result quicker. Um, and for example, if you're, if you want to get the benefits of creatine, then it sort of makes sense to do it now rather than in, four, six, eight, 12 weeks down the line. Doing, taking it five grams per day will get you the same effect, but loading it 
over five days will get you there quicker and we've got research that shows that as well um so yeah i tend to get my clients to take four lots of five grams per day spread out over four hours and then a maintenance dose of five grams per day thereafter you can do two lots of five grams per day which i think research has shown takes about four weeks five grams per day will take probably twice as long um but it'll get you to the same thing the other one that i really hate is cycling creatine there's no research to show that you need to cycle it there's no rationale for cycling it i know people there's research that has shown people taking it day after day for years and had no negative effects or need to cycle um timings the other one there might be some slight benefit of having it post exercise or with a meal yeah. so it might be a sort of insulin driven like mechanism um and obviously after having like carbohydrate meal you'll get an increase in insulin which might help but for the vast majority of people that doesn't matter that might be relevant for weight cutters that cut it out and want to get back in um but for most people it doesn't matter interesting so yeah crazy man it's one of those weird ones so i mean the whole yeah the loading phase thing is yeah i'm of the opinion it gets you to where you're going to be um i don't again you're far more qualified to talk about that than i am so i'll go on yours but it's with the loading phase how much of that are you taking in so if you're doing 20 grams a day for five days how much of that are you taking in or how much of that are you just pissing out so that's why if you did 20 grams in one dose you would piss more out yeah um, so yeah obviously spread it out yeah, yeah yeah so like that's probably why if you do spread it out over 20 grams that seems to be the limit and i think they've done higher and found that that's sort of the limit for more than 20 grams in a day and you'll excrete or more than five grams in a dose you'll excrete it um interesting so interesting yeah. the other thing that we forget because obviously you've got some weight cutting guys how long it takes for it to sort of return to baseline um, yeah. and we don't have loads of research on this but it probably is about four weeks so if you are going to cut it out to make weight potentially because of the associated water weight that you'd lose probably four weeks before comp. Um, but I personally wouldn't cut it out because the benefits outweigh. Yeah. I'd rather someone lost a little bit more body fat and kept creating it. Yes. I was watching um, that as well. You, you took the words out of my mouth there. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, awesome. Okay, cool. That was interesting. I enjoyed today. That was good. good. Yeah. Stuff. And we've had a bit of a debate, which is nice. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'll take that. Um, Cool, man. So I feel like we could wrap it up there. That's been what, just over half an hour. We've got a couple of good, really, really good questions answering that one. Um, I feel like there's, I feel like we kind of scratched the top of these questions. So if there's people that want us to delve a little deeper, just jump into our inboxes and ask. Um, so obviously on Instagram, Charlie's at cbnutrition underscore. Um, on Instagram, I'm at Redbeard Barbell Club or at Night Strength, whichever account you want to come to. Um, but Drop us questions based on what we've said. If you agree, if you disagree, if you want to chat about it, we're always up for a debate, always. Because mm -hmm. um, like today, I've learned some stuff, which is awesome. So <laughs> jump in and ask questions because you might learn stuff or you might, you might teach us stuff, who knows. Um, but yeah, and also on that, get some questions in for the next one. So mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, the sort of, we were originally looking to do these sort of every other week, but I feel like the sort of weekly ones, we're getting enough sort of questions that people um, that we could definitely keep these up weekly and sort of have kind of nutrition chat and training chat and that kind of thing. So get your questions in. Let's have a chat. Yep. Happy days. Nice, man. Right, I'm going to stop recording. I'm going to get this published up. Thank you ever so much for your time again. Cheers, mate. Thanks My for having me. Apologies for cheating on you. That was <laughs> feel, Just don't do it again. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it again. I have to go. Nice nuggets. Episode 3.1. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just... 
like subtitle them. Here. Subtitle? It's not subtitle. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm talking nonsense now. I'm going to hit stop. Cheers, <laughs> mate. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, mate. See you later.